You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. So this audio version of the podcast is just two videos I put together just because I wanted to separate it on the YouTube feed. Uh, we're going to talk about all the signings today. So Nelson Cruz, Sean Doolittle, Aaron Sanchez, uh, Anibal Sanchez, all of those guys we'll discuss. I did Nelson Cruz first, and then we talk about the pitchers second. So you kind of hear that being broken up uh, within the podcast itself, but that's just because it's two separate videos on the YouTube feed. So if you're hearing this on the audio side, one podcast all together about all of those signings, it'll just sound like there's a transition in the middle of it from one video to another. So there you go. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today, it is March 14th, 2022. It is a Monday. Today's show is brought to you by BetOnline and BetOnline.net. Going to do more than one video here on the YouTube side. I'm going to put all these together in the audio version. We just wanted to separate these uh, on YouTube because we're going to be talking about different things here on the show today. First of all, the Nationals have signed Nelson Cruz. That, that's where we have to start. That's what this video is going to be about. Obviously, some other moves have been made too, especially in the pitching realm. We'll get to those in a second video. Uh, we'll do today also later on in the podcast if you're listening on the audio version. But we're going to talk about Nelson Cruz signing with the Nationals right after this. You are locked on Nationals. Your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So Mike Rizzo is making moves for the Washington Nationals. And I, I've seen people responding to kind of some of what the Nationals have been doing and saying, why isn't my team making the moves. Well, it's pretty cool to see the Nats are moving and shaking, even though they're not supposed to be one of the more competitive teams coming up this year, especially in the National League East, where you figure the Braves as defending champions want to repeat. The Mets with Steve Cohen are trying to spend as much money as possible and put themselves in position to win. The Phillies want to win also. The Marlins, after their trip to the playoffs two years ago, have a nice nucleus and maybe they'll see what they can do. But the Nationals Kind of in that tweener zone, right? 2019 World Series. Uh, want to see if I said the Marlins went to the playoffs in 2019, I was wrong. They went in 2020, but the Nationals won that 2019 World Series, and so many of those guys are gone. The Nationals are trying to kind of get into that rebuild phase and see where things are going to go. So as I as I flip my hair right here on the pod on the video version, trying to get myself set up and ready to go. Uh, Nelson Cruz. That's the big signing to talk about. The Nationals came to an agreement with him. It's a two-year deal, but functionally, it's a one-year deal. It's a two-year contract. The first year is worth $12 million, and there is a mutual option at the end of it. If the Nationals decide no, they do not want to pick that option up, they will owe Cruz $3 million. So basically, it's going to be a $15 million contract when it's all said, and at least that is the thought. Nelson Cruz is 41. He'll turn 42 during this major league season in July. Um, 
Last year, he hit 265 with a 334 on base, a 130 OPS plus, I believe was the was the number that he had, a 130 OPS plus last season. So, uh, you know, drove in 86 runs in total, hit 32 homers. Now, he did struggle during his time in Tampa, but did have a really nice start of the year, hitting 294 with 50 runs driven in and 35, uh, excuse me, 50 runs driven in uh, and the 19 home runs for uh, for Minnesota. He finishes the year with 32 jacks in total. And so uh, this is a guy that, you know, think about it this way. Nelson Cruz, even though he's 41, has won an accolade every single season since 2013. All-star and then all-star and uh, 13 all-star in 14, all-star seventh and MVP voting. In 2015, All-Star, Silver Slugger, and sixth in MVP voting. Um, 2016, he was top 15 in MVP voting. 2017, All-Star, 10th in MVP voting, uh, Silver Slugger Award. 2018, All-Star. 2019, 9th in MVP, Silver Slugger Award. Uh, 2020, he was sixth in the MVP race, Silver Slugger Award. 2021, All-Star. So this is a guy that is, you know, performing at least at some part of the season. He's performing well. Sometimes when a guy wins a silver slugger and, uh, you know, is not an all-star, that means his second half was absolutely, you know, nuts. So this is a guy that we know can hit. And, uh, you know, the reasons why this makes sense, right? The DH is here. We got a, we got a DH. I've been discussing this. My actually, ironically, my example for why the DH has always been good is I'm like, would you rather see Patrick Corbin hit or Nelson Cruz hit? And sure enough, we're going to get to see Nelson Cruz hit in place of Patrick Corbin. So uh, my kind of example, and actually I recorded the show with Javi Reyes over from uh, Locked On Padres. That's going to be airing tomorrow unless the Nats make more big moves um, where I made that exact point. I mentioned, I believe I mentioned Nelson Cruz by name. That was before I even knew this was going down. This happened later uh, last night. So when the Nationals when they get Nelson Cruz, the big question is, what are they getting here? Well, number one, they've made Juan Soto happy. You saw, I saw the tweets uh, that were out there right now, and I think there has been a, um, there's been a, a you know a good amount of. I saw Jesse Doherty from the Washington Post put this out yesterday. He said this will probably not surprise you, but hearing tonight that Juan Soto is quote unquote thrilled about sharing a lineup with Nelson Cruz. Um, they called uh, let's see, also uh, just tweeted today, 23 minutes ago, that Juan Soto was super excited about Nelson Cruz and saying he called Cruz last night to talk about playing together with the Nationals. Uh, and, and Jesse's going to write a story about that this afternoon on the Washington Post. You guys can go check that out. But I think that's the number one thing is that this is a move that makes Juan Soto happy. Also, I have to mention this too, both those guys are from the Dominican, from the DR. And um, I was actually down there recently. I was on family vacation, but I love always talking to people whenever I travel. And there is a really, um, there is a high regard for their, for their, like anywhere else, for their icons, their heroes. Nelson Cruz is a guy who's really well liked. And uh, a lot of people down there actually, they're kind of unsure about Juan Soto because, you know, how much money that he turned down. But there is such a connection between those guys 
uh, between people down there as well to their to their you know their their baseball heroes, their icons, much like we have here. And so that connection, those two guys together, having forty one year old you know Nelson Cruz and then obviously the younger one Soto together, I think that's a great mentorship. Uh, you know, not like Juan needs it, but just also something that's going to make Juan very happy. And we know right now while the Nationals are so enthralled. Even Mike Rizzo said it yesterday, priority number one is getting Juan Soto back. This is important. I know I'm not mentioning the quality of play. I mentioned a little bit, but I'm not hitting on the quality of play or the protection or the options that Nelson Cruz gives them. But this is number one. Juan Soto is the number one priority for the Nationals, and this making him happy is paramount. So it's good that they've done that. Number two, protection in the lineup. The Nationals last year, look, the the weird thing at the end of the year was that the lineup was not really much of an issue for the Nationals towards the back end. The offense actually was pretty good, right? Do you think about that and say, well, the offense is pretty good. You know, I've been saying this all offseason. You really don't have to add too many pieces to make this thing interesting or to make it a potentially very good lineup. And Last year, you know, in the infield, Josh Bell, and obviously I'll see his Escobar was very solid. Um, you know, you add in the outfield that Yadiel Hernandez had a good season. Uh, you know, you add that Lane Thomas showed up and did very well. You add that, you know, you got guys like Riley Adams who showed up and contributed. Obviously, the offense was very good in the beginning of the year as well. And you put all of that around our man Juan Soto. That makes the offense very dangerous. Now you've got three guys you can stack together that are really going to be trouble for any pitching staff to get through. Yeah, you know, we talked so much last year about, hey, good luck getting through Soto, Turner, and Schwarber, whatever order they were in, normally Schwarber, then Turner, then Soto. Good luck getting through those guys three, four times a game unscathed. Well, it's not quite that punch, but hey, it's pretty damn good. I mean, you know, when you get through the Soto, Bell, and Nelson Cruz combination, I mean, uh, you know, that's a power hitting group. I saw Matt Wyrick, our friend from NBC Sports Washington, just put on his Twitter. He said over under 90 and a half home runs from those guys this season. So I think that is a pretty compelling point that Matt makes that, hey, this is a group that's going to be able to hit together. It does provide Juan Soto some protection and also it gives the Nationals a really good, strong core of a lineup, which can be a foundation to see where other guys fit in. Right. How does Carter Keboom perform this season? How does Lane Thomas, does he bounce back and, or not bounce back, does he continue that strong play and that small sample size from last season? What about Victor Robles? Can he bounce back? Carter Keboom, where is he at? Luis Garcia, we've heard, has lost some weight. And so we'll see if you know, he's more nimble and that makes him a better offensive player. Does Alcides Escobar keep up? What about Cesar Hernandez? Is he a guy that can step in and provide some good offense? The Nationals have built a good core of the lineup. This is not somebody, this is not a place now where we're asking, hey, who's going to protect Juan? Uh, you know, is there anybody else in the lineup that's worth anything? Soto, Bell, and Nelson Cruz. I'm not saying it's the Murderers Row Yankees. I'm not saying it's, you know, one of the greatest lineups we've ever seen, even in the league right now. But you put, you know, arguably the best hitter in baseball in there with a guy who is a just, I mean, career hit machine and also power machine in Nelson Cruz. It's a guy that right now is at 449 home runs. Uh, he hit 32 last year. So if Cruz decides that he wants to keep playing, I'm sure uh, he'll, you know, have a chance to, you know, at that pace. He's going to hit that, uh, that mark next year. So, I mean, he's on pace to hit 500 home runs in his career and really has maintained that power. And a guy who drove in 86 runs 
Um, and then in his last full season, drove in 108 runs before that, 97, 119, 105, right? This guy just hits. That's all you have to ask him for. It's great they have a DH now. The Nationals now got the DH, right? The, he's the he's the modern poster child for the designated hitter. And Kyle Schwarber in some senses is too, even though he had some fun moments in the outfield last year. Uh, Nelson Cruz is, and also he's a guy who's in his 40s, but you're not too worried because of what they ask him to do. So Juan's excited. They're happy. The, the other thing, the other part of this, and we'll get more into this when we talk about a lot of the pitching pieces they brought and some of the pitching pieces and also some of the guys in the field that they, they brought in. Um, the type of asset that Nelson Cruz is, Juan is thrilled to be playing with Nelson Cruz, right? That's great. That could make this tricky, but if Nelson Cruz is an MVP candidate, you know, just say offensively, just killing it. Uh, just, you know, this guy who's been up there, let's just say he's, He's an all-star candidate to be a DH, right? Let's just put it like that. Um, and depending on where the Nationals are, they might, you know, trade him away. And a couple of things here. Number one, it could help them rebuild the farm, right? It feels like some of these moves are actually kind of ways the Nationals could rebuild the farm if some of these guys deliver in certain ways. They become assets that the Nationals can then move. Guys like C-Shack and Sean Doolittle. Uh, you know, if those guys perform well, they could potentially be on the move. Cesar Hernandez, Alcides Escobar, guys that could net you something in the trade market to help you rebuild the farm. Or he's a guy that you might try to they pick up the option next year if things go really well, right? And say, all right, Nelson, you know what? We, we liked what happened here this year. Hope you did too. Let's come back. Let's run it back. And we're closer to competing in 2023. So I like the fact that this move leaves the Washington Nationals options. It gives them flexibility. The one part they're going to have to navigate is the part of, okay, the relationship between Soto and Cruz. If it's as strong as it seems it is, is Juan going to be okay with them trading him away potentially for assets? That's that's one thing because I think you almost think, you know, unless it's complete end of the line for Nelson Cruz here, which I don't think it is, you know, his career is like over and he sucks this year. The Nationals – uh, are going to have people pursuing him. And if the season kind of goes then that's how it, we think it might go, then, um, you know, then he'll be something that, that, that other teams want. How the Nats can figure, operate, move around that is going to be something that's very interesting to see. So Nationals get a proven commodity to be a DH in the form of Nelson Cruz. Good signing. I love it for the Nats, the amount of flexibility that it brings them. All right. One word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline and BetOnline.net. It's the best place to get in on the action for the NCAA tournament. If you guys go to BetOnline and BetOnline.net today, you guys can check out all the odds they have. First half odds, second half odds, title odds, all of those things are available now at BetOnline and BetOnline.net. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. All right, that will do it for this video right here. If you're listening on the audio version, We'll talk about the pitchers next. If you're watching on video, go check out the, the pitchers video. It's also coming out today as well. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked on Nationals podcast. Follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find the show wherever you guys get your podcasts and on YouTube. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked on Nationals podcast. Part two of our podcast today, second video. Once again, we'll all be together in audio form, but we've got pitcher signings talk about for the Washington Nationals. And this begins with number one, the Nationals are bringing back Sean Doolittle. It's a one-year deal. Not sure about the specifics on the deal now, but this is exciting because Sean Doolittle 
is a guy that at a, you know, was beloved by Washington Nationals fans. And so they bring back Sean Doolittle is once again, one of the few moves that they're making, but this is big. I, I talked yesterday with Max Raymond from district on deck. And one of the things that, <clears throat> excuse me, he and I had discussed is the Nationals Definitely need another lefty in the bullpen. And so Sean Doolittle is a low-cost guy they can bring in and see what he's got. Last year, he had a 4.53 ERA in 56 appearances in 2021. He pitched 49 and two-thirds innings. Uh, you know, he's kind of become more of a lefty on, on lefty type guy in situation. Obviously now, though, with the three-batter minimum, it's harder to do. In this Nationals bullpen, I expect them to try to give him full inning of work. Now, he is 35 years old, so he is getting up there in age. This is this becomes kind of an interesting question for the Nats. You know, do you give that spot to a guy, or you know, depending where you put him in the pen, but is he going to take a spot from a young guy, or you know, where does Sean Doolittle fit in to all of this? But it's going to be a major league deal, which means the Nationals are going to have to send somebody down or make some kind of roster move. So clearly, they they, they plan on Sean Doolittle being a part of this team, being a part of this bullpen. It's another move they made, and you know, they're trying to to. to Shorten, you know, try to assure this thing up. They bring in Steve Ciszek. We saw him. Uh, he will be joining the Washington Nationals here. We already saw him in, at spring training. So he is now part of this bullpen. Sean Doolittle joins uh, the likes of Will Harris, who we think might be healthy this year. Uh, Kyle Finnegan, Tanner Rainey, Mason Thompson, all guys who have back of the bullpen potential. Maybe there's one more move to be made. I'm not sure. I feel like this might be the group, though, at this point in time they're going to roll with. So, Options right there for the Nationals. Last year, very good against the right-handed hitters. Uh, struggle, oh, excuse me, very good against lefties. Obviously, left-handed Sean Doolittle. Um, righties really did have their way with him last season. So it's going to be interesting, interesting to see, uh, you know, how he does and and if they can give him a full inning. Obviously, the returns, you know, the, the numbers last year weren't awful, but not um, not great. We'll see if he can re- return back to that. 2018 form, anything like that, right? I think we all remember the year he had back in 2018 with the Nationals where he had a 1.60 ERA and 45 innings pitched. Um, you know, it was a strong season that he had there. So, uh, you know, we'll see what his future holds in terms of positioning in the bullpen. But this is a move that I like for the Nationals, adding a left-handed pitcher, which they very much need, adding a veteran leader in the back of that bullpen where there's some young guys, and also adding somebody the fans know, the fans like, they're comfortable with, and somebody who's comfortable at Nats Park in D.C. So I like this move to start off for the Nationals. Once again, it's a cheap move. It fits their game plan. And also, it's one of those guys, once again, I've talked about this a lot, though, but if Sean Doolittle has a nice season up to the All-Star break, or up to the trade deadline, I should say, the Nationals will and should and, and probably you know, will move him uh, to get more assets. The Nationals right now are signing players that they can expend on short contracts and flip that into farm, you know, farm players. That they're almost kind of building a farm or trying to build a farm team with these one-year guys. The 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 guys that allowed them to do it last year were the guys who were expiring. Now the Nationals are just going for guys who are on those shorter contracts. They can potentially keep down the line or turn in to those uh, to turn into prospects that you know they can keep and, and use or turn into guys like Lane Thomas or Riley Adams, who are not even really prospects, but they're guys who have been at the major league level a little bit, younger guys, we just need a change of scenery, whatever it is. Sean Doolittle is a type of player that can fetch those kinds of guys for you, depending on his performance. It doesn't go well, but it was a low-cost deal that really didn't hurt you that much. Also, the Nationals 
are bringing in Aaron Sanchez. Now, uh, you know, some of you guys might not be familiar with Sanchez, but he is a guy in, in, who in 2010 was a first round pick of the Blue Jays. He's 29 now. He was really good in 2016 when he finished seventh in Cy Young and he was an all-star as well, but he's had a, a lot of injury issues. The only thing that's been keeping him really out of uh, out of the commission have been the injuries. Um, you know, he's got a blister issue, uh, a split fingernail issue that requ- required a bunch of stints back in 2017. Also had surgery, had biceps uh, tendonitis that uh, uh, they also had a blister with that as well. So he's been off and on injured and hurt and they're going to give him a one-year deal it's a minor league deal if he makes the majors he makes two million he's up he's got up to four million uh extra i think in incentives so six could be the total but this is a guy who i think they want you know he's been in the bullpen i think they want him to battle for a starting spot right now it's strasburg we think is healthy you know knock on wood everything seems to be going well steven strasburg you guys know my stance until i see it i feel like i can't really count on it um patrick corbin is there. We'll see if he can rebound. Josiah Gray, Paulo Espino are four guys we think are right there. Eric Fetty is battling as well. Joe Ross, we got the news yesterday. It's going to be out six to eight weeks after elbow surgery. And so with Anibal Sanchez, who we'll get to in a second here, also rejoining the fold, the Nationals now have several options. So Sanchez, Fetty, Espino, um, uh, you know, there's multiple Sanchez, Anibal Sanchez and Aaron Sanchez. So the two Sanchez's, Espino, Fetty, all going to be battling for those last couple spots at this moment in time. Obviously, the one guy we've talked about a lot and mentioned from a minor league perspective is Cade Cavalli. Can he make his way to the major leagues this year? That's the big hope. But the Nationals make this move getting Aaron Sanchez in the hopes that he can potentially bolster their bullpen, or maybe he could be an option for them, uh, you know, as, as a, as a starter. Um, but you know, it's a guy who's worked out of the bullpen too. So let's see what kind of direction they go with for Aaron Sanchez, but an interesting deal. One of those low cost deals, we'll see what it could net them in terms of returns. And then one guy they bring back is Anibal Sanchez, there was a lot of buzz around Anibal Sanchez after he threw his bullpen the other day. Uh, apparently, teams were on the phone trying to get Sanchez, you know, trying to get him, uh, you know, uh, with their team or you know whatever I think it is. Not sure if it's a minor league deal. I'm gonna double check right now. But Anibal Sanchez coming back has not pitched since 2020, so it's two years out. Um, yeah, minor league deal for Anibal Sanchez. So, you know, you, you think about that coming in there once again, low cost, but has not pitched since 2020, apparently looked really good in his bullpen, but he struggled to get guys out back in 2020, just was not going well for him. A 6.62 ERA and 11 starts that he made back in 2020. And so for the nationals, uh, you know, they don't want, uh, they don't need anything like that ever. Uh, you know, again, it's not going to be uh, optimal for the Nats. If that ends up being the Anibal Sanchez that we see. So he's going to have to earn that spot. But there, there are guys now fighting for those spots. And we always knew they would be. But, you know, the, the, the questions, um, the questions of who is it going to be fighting uh, is been answered. And that's why, like, that's why the Nationals back in the rotation is just not going to be does not look like it's going to be very good because right now fighting it out, you've got Eric Fetty, who to me is probably a leader in the clubhouse, but it's not like Eric Fetty has been great. Paulo Espino, who is, you know, a journeyman who just started making a lot of big strides last season uh, in terms of major league baseball career. It's you know, his most prominent year he's had in the big leagues. 
Anibal Sanchez, who's at the tail end of his career, and Aaron Sanchez, who's 29 but has been battling injuries his whole career. So they've got all of these misfit toys, if you will. Uh, you know, a uh, um, couple first round picks who haven't panned out, and Eric Fetty and Aaron Sanchez. A uh, couple old, one old timer at least, and Anibal Sanchez, and then also one older guy, but who's a journeyman veteran in Paulo Espino. That's why Nationals have to work on developing those younger pitchers to get those guys in the rotation as fast as they can. So there are your latest Nationals moves. Uh, I'm sure we'll see some more of them here in the coming days, some minor moves, but spring training has begun. We'll have more updates. It's great to see. Thank you guys for watching and listening before we get out of here. Quick word from our sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by Run Your Pool and runyourpool.com. It's the best place for you guys to get in on the bracket action this season. Also, today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to built.com today. It's built.com. Check out the full extensive line of Built Bars that they've got going right now. Several flavors available at built.com. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new white chocolate cookies and cream. Built Bars have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4, gram, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Go to built.com today. That's built.com. Promo code LOCK15. L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCK15, for 15% off at built.com today. All right. Also, uh, make sure you go check out our Nelson Cruz video. If you guys are watching on YouTube, uh, if you are listening, all this will be together for Monday's show. Make sure you find us on Twitter at LO underscore nationals. You can follow me at Josh neighbors underscore. Find the show wherever you guys get your podcast and on YouTube.